0: Hi, I'm Teresa Konamak. I'm with the Napa Valley Culture of Life. The Napa Valley Culture of Life began in 2009. It was the inspiration of Ron Maxson during a 40 Days for Life campaign, which is a campaign of prayer for 40 days outside of abortion clinic. And Ron... Recognize that the pro-life cause, I'm quoting now from the website, he recognized that the pro-life cause needed to evolve from its seemingly reactive state, I mean sorry, reactive static mode into a proactive dynamic movement in order to truly be of assistance to those in need. With God's grace, Napa Valley Culture of Life now serves as support for existing uh, organizations and a springboard for their farm For the formation of new pro-life organizations in the community Um, on, on this first podcast I wanted to interview a woman who has been at our local Planned Parenthood with Colonel Ron Maxson who started the Napa Valley Culture of Life for 20 to 25 years she'll tell you how long and um as well, after I heard Abby's speech on January 5th. And now I will interview Marsha Ryan. Hi, Marsha.
1: Hello, Therese.
0: I wanted to kind of get an idea of your history and why you decided to first, you know, go down to Planned Parenthood. And, you know, a lot of people go down there to pray, especially 40 Days for Life. It takes a lot of courage to... Be able to go up to people, offer them information that will help them, information about the side effects of the drugs and devices Planned Parenthood gives them, and about their positive, safe alternatives that are available to them at, um, you know, crisis pregnancy centers. And so, I'm just really curious how you got inspired to do this, got the courage to do this, because you were really the first one, as as far as I know, in Napa to do
1: that outside Planned Parenthood. Well, it began back in 1975. Um, I lived in the now infamous Kenosha, Wisconsin. I was 25 years old, and Tony, my future husband, would take me to uh, either Chicago or to Milwaukee on Saturdays to do prayer and counseling. Well, on the Chicago uh, situation, Mr. Joe Scheidler was present. Great Joe Scheidler, God bless him. And he was present when The abortion mill had hired escorts that looked like mafia. Literally, they were dressed in black suits and black ties, trying to prevent us from, you know, approaching the clients. Well, Joe Scheidler was going to take a picture, and one of the escorts tried to grab his camera and, of course, strikes his face and ends up literally injuring his eye. And the police came and all that. And, well, that got rid of the mafia escorts. And so what happened was we came up with this beautiful way of approaching women when they would stop and talk to them. And when they changed their mind, we said, we have your baby's first gift and give them some crocheted booties and they of course would just break down in tears because it it almost made it real and then of course they were uh you know taken to a, a pregnancy resource center for help it was very very powerful very very and i'll never forget one young caucasian woman oh in her middle 20s she i was trying to talk to her and walking along with her you know about got about 15 seconds max and as she was about to close the door on me she turned and said we just bought a house and I said who are you gonna put in that house and the door closes and I'm thinking isn't that just the most amazing thing here a place to welcome new life a new home and they were closing the doors to that beautiful gift then Sometimes we would go to Milwaukee, and uh, I can't remember the names of the the, the abortion, situ- you know, the mills that they they're still there, and um, this this Caucasian guy, in his forties, remember I'm about twenty five years old, comes out, and he points. He says, "Get rid of those beads," and I I said these, and I lifted up my hand and. Held up my rosary and he says, yes, you know, and jumps back. And then I didn't move. I didn't stop. He says, get rid of those beads. And then I thought, I'm going to try this again. And I said, these? And he literally jumped back because he was fearful, fearful of the reality of the power of the rosary beads. And let me tell you, that... Really told me. I knew the rosary was always powerful. Our Blessed Mother told us the rosary was the grace was to fight the evils of abortion. But to think that they're actually afraid of being near a rosary brought the reality to me that this is our weapon. And I always, always encourage the counselors to pray rosaries. And if they're not, you know Catholics to meditate on the life of christ so that you're focused on this is why i'm here i am here because i love you lord and you don't want these evil evil things being happening to the most innocent of human life and um so anyways that's that was my background and then when we moved to to um napa in 1988 uh I wasn't quite ready to, to be there at Napa Planned Parenthood because we had a, our son Sean, our youngest, was a premium and I had to wait till he was doing better and, and um, finally started into school so I had the time to do it. But there was Ron. There was Ron. He'd already started. You want me continue, Colonel
0: Ron Maxey? Yes, I'm sorry. speaking about that we talked about earlier, who had the vision for Napa Valley Culture of Life. No, go ahead and continue. That was beautiful. Okay,
1: okay. Well, he would be involved at two places. One was Napa Planned Parenthood, and the other one was uh, a Dr. Christie. I cannot remember her first name. She has since passed away, but she used to do surgical abortions. And she was located across the street from uh, Queen of the Valley Hospital. Well, the parking lot was open; was shared by many offices, so we literally could be there in her parking lot. Here's the most amazing thing: one day, she asked me to come in so that she could tell, uh, sh- she could find out, you know, what you're talking about, why you're here, and very, very kind. And, you know, I told her what we're offering to women. And um, uh, she says, I'm so glad you're there. And I'm thinking to myself, really? She says, yeah, they should know these things too. And I thought, that may be her saving grace. And um, so we were there for, I don't know how long, many months. And then she became ill. And uh, I don't know how long it was before she had died. But um, that was a very uh, surprising interaction with someone who is involved with abortions. So, And then in regards to the Napa Planned Parenthood, Ron was involved with uh, Operation Rescue. Now you may not remember or know what Operation Rescue is. It was a very, very popular powerful, uh, I can't really call it an organization, it was like a movement. And it was, um, its purpose was peaceful, civil disobedience. And the purpose was for men and women, they would sit in front of an abortion mill and of its doors to prevent the killing of innocent children. And then they paid the penalty of arrest prosecution on trespassing charges, and possibly spending time in jail, which our beloved Colonel Maxson did spend time in jail. So he is truly a warrior. He knows that this is the new battle, the new war that we have to fight. And um, so, anyways, um, for now, anything else? That's Uh,
0: great, and I would just like to know how did you get the idea of training other counselors and when did that happen because i got a notice from you that you were training counselors i had said to you many times that i wanted to do the same thing you were doing although i wasn't um you know coming to you and saying i want to do it right now what when's the date so I missed a few different times you organized the uh, training, but it wasn't too many years ago that you started training others.
1: No, it actually it happened during um, our involvement with 40 Days for Life okay. when we realized, here are all these people praying. We need people there prepared to, to uh, offer the truth, offer help, and, um, and so I started having the, um, the, the gatherings to, to present how to do sidewalk counseling. No one was forced, but they came and uh, had step-by-step. And the number one step is prayer. There is no way that this work, this uh, ministry, it really is a ministry, because God is calling us to it, to... Uh, to do this, you must have prayer to start every day. As a matter of fact, I used to tell, tell uh, the ladies, actually, i had a couple of men also who were interested in sidewalk counseling, and uh, pray to the Holy Spirit for his inspiration. And then I said, pray to our Blessed Mother. Now, we had non-Catholics that were also involved with, with the uh, counseling and I said, she's the perfect mother. She knows what, what is so important for her children and for, you know, for just to show her, her motherly compassion, the perfect mother's compassion. And then this is a spiritual battle, so we gotta have the angels, so we have our guardian angels. And then, of course, St. Michael, St. Michael the Archangel. Boy, I've seen his protection over the years and uh, uh, yeah it's it's just it's it really it allows you to not be afraid because you know you're saying jesus i trust you jesus i trust you i am not afraid i used to say that over and over again and every once in a while i have to i am not afraid i'm not afraid i just trust him. he'll take care of me and uh uh and now since we had the year of St. Joseph. I pray to St. Joseph. He is so powerful, especially with the men. I am amazed at how responsive men are to me. a 72-year-old lady, you know, here they are listening to me. And I, I, I know it's St. Joseph. And then when you think about it, so many young people have no idea what a father is. And here is St. Joseph, perfect foster father, chosen, chosen by God himself to be the foster father of Jesus. And he is truly, oh, so caring, especially for the young women who just are lost and don't know what it's like to have a loving father. And what is truly a man about? Is he just a taker or is he one who protects and provides and does everything that is needed for your safety and care? And oh golly, it's just, it's so beautiful. So prayer is number one, prayer is number one. And then the other thing is when we're at Planned Parenthood, because we've had prayer and we are praying, it helps us to be kind to those who don't like us, particularly the escorts, particularly the employer, employees at Planned Parenthood. And there'll be those walking down the sidewalk that you know they are not happy that we're present. And because of prayers, we can be kind, We can show um, a loving care that we're just we're here to offer the truth and to give help, and um, hopefully through our our response and our our um, concern that they will see that. And sometimes it isn't apparent that they see the the truth of our our. um, Forgiveness for them and our desire for them to learn the truth—we still prayer makes it possible, and uh, yes, well, and knowing that God wants us to be there, He needs He needs us to be there to do this work, and uh, what a, what a what a gift that is.
0: And I'll build on that because. As in Abby's speech, she mentions the fact that she drives by Planned Parenthood buildings and mm-hmm. doesn't see anybody out there. And she questions. She says she wants to convict the Christian churches. She asks, "Do we not really believe that they're killing babies there? So if they are, does not does God not want us down there for even a short time to do what Marcia has done for?" almost 25, well, more longer than 25 years, and that I've just been doing for a year and a half. And like she said, you can feel fearful at first, but you know God is with you. He doesn't expect you to be, you know, uh, convince everybody of anything. You're there to offer help with the prayer of your prayer partner that's there we have a prayer partner with each of us it will inspire us to say the words the holy spirit wants us to say that that particular woman or man needs to hear because we do offer some literature to the man and i often think about the fact that abortion has been legal for almost 50 years it became legal when I was 16. My mom was at fairs giving out pro-life literature. She and my dad were in were outside, you know, Planned Parenthood buildings praying every day. They got involved in the rescue movement and got arrested. I had a great example. Yet I didn't do involve myself until a year and a half ago. So I thought about the fact that when I face my judgment someday and I stand before the Lord, and He says, You knew they were doing abortions there. You knew babies were being killed there. Women's lives were being devastated. Why were you not there? And then when He, and I also thought about when He spoke about, you know, separating the sheep from the goats, I don't want to be a goat, I want to be one of the sheep. So I feel like what I'm doing is reparation for those, what, 45 years? I didn't do what I should do. We all know there's things we should have done and we haven't done. But we can start now. And the like I said, the the pro-life movement has been working to overturn Roe Wade or to make abortion illegal. And, of course, when this decision is handed down and if, It's, you know, abortion legality is returned to the states. Each state gets to decide now. It will still be legal in more than half the states. And so, as Abby says, we need to take responsibility. All of us who believe abortion is wrong and is not, is a travesty, actually, that we have let it go on so long. And there's been great efforts, on the you know on the you know the 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 higher levels let me put it that way um you know the organization the large organizations and so on where we've all been donating money and and contacting our politicians but really it comes down to we need to take care of our local be responsible for our local abortuary whether it's Planned Parenthood or being done at a hospital in our neighborhood, in our city. And I don't think that really hasn't been done yet. Maybe this is a time we all need to take responsibility for doing what we can on the local level. That's the only thing we have control over. We don't have control over the, the laws, really, and even what the politicians do that we vote for, that we hope will do something more for you know, the pro-life cause. We can do our even an hour a week at a local Planned Parenthood. If the church, the churches, Christian or Catholic, can get an initiative going to organize this, it doesn't really take a lot of organization. Marsha did it on her own, she took the initiative, and we have uh, support around us. We have, we all have crisis pregnancy centers nearby, that we can um, recommend women, um, you know, e- explain to women that they were that's, they have a better choice than Planned Parenthood. There are, there's help there that most of the time they don't know about. That. They don't hear this information anywhere else. The media suppresses it. Um, but also, we need to realize that if we don't give them this information, they, their lives can be devastated by this decision. these decisions. And um, that we need to do what we can, even, like I said, for a short time, uh, once a week. And we also have an organization, a legal organization, that supports us and can support you too is called Life Legal Defense Foundation. And so when our local Planned Parenthood uh, got the city to institute a buffer zone, uh, Life Legal's lawyers walked us through what was legal and what was safe. And when we had problems with the escorts, like Marcia said, um, assaulting us. Um, denying our right of free speech. Life Legal uh, developed a case against them. And so there's no, nothing to fear because there's nothing Planned Parenthood could do to you or us as long as we're um, exercising our legal rights, and that's all we need to do to get information to these women, to save their children from abortion to save them from making that decision out of ignorance, or even fear that there's no other choice, we can tell them about the f- choices. And um, in the future, we can talk about what choices those women have, what, what um, options, what services um, crisis pregnancy centers offer women. And so thank you for listening. Next time we will I will interview a young woman who goes, travels throughout California and teaches sidewalk counseling. So thank you for listening and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this interview. If you have any comments or feedback, please contact the Napa Valley Culture of Life. And now I have a beautiful pro-life song to share with you by the band, formerly Jacob.
2: lost to violence For the little ones Taken away in silence For the ones we thought Had made it through Just to be left alone Till they met you Watch over them Keep them safe In heaven What have we done To deny a sacred life we become when broken hearts are called unjustified oh Jesus bring revolution in our hearts in our minds no Just your compassion Show this world The value of us Resting in their mother's womb Who never knew It would also be their tomb For those children Fearfully and wonderfully made Ready to live But had it all ripped away Oh, watch over them, keep them safe in heaven, what have we done? deny a sacred life? And what, what have we become when broken hearts are called unjustified? In our hearts, in our minds Oh we teach us your compassion Show this world the value of a life them all, every single one. They were meant to be born, you had a plan for them. And they were blessed, every daughter Jesus, bring a revolution in our hearts, in our minds. Oh, Yahweh, teach us your compassion. Show this world. Value of a lie